When it comes to marketing your real estate investing business, two things that are important to kind of home in on are choosing a niche, not trying to be everything to everyone. And, and then once you've chosen that, that niche is, you know, producing valuable and, and interesting content. And my guest today, Tamara Makabanga, had some interesting thoughts and insights around both niche marketing and content marketing and the kind of things that you want to be thinking out about making your content shareable and obviously interesting enough that people are going to read it and take some action with it. So I think you're going to find the tomorrow's insights and thoughts are useful and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Personally Brandtastic podcast, where we help you build your personal brand and business so that people can find you easily, want to work with you, and can't wait to refer you. My name is Paul Kopkin, and every day I work with real estate investors, professionals, and business owners who want to stand out from the crowd and attract more of the right opportunities without feeling inauthentic or spending all day doing it. It's all about communicating how personally brandtastic you are, because marketing is how to get their attention, but personal branding is why they choose you. Now, back to the show. Tamara, thanks for joining us today. Really looking forward. I have never had anybody on the show before from, from anywhere in Africa. So, so that's great to, to have a, an international guest. And I think that's always interesting as well, because, you know, we're in our own countries, I think we're kind of a little bit closeted and we kind of think we assume that everything that happens in our market is what happens elsewhere. But, you know, maybe there's different things happening for, for people in, you know, in South Africa, for example, where you are or, Europe or Asia, people approach things differently. But I think generally with content marketing, and we'll talk about niche marketing as well, but with content marketing, what are the kind of things that you're seeing happening around content marketing right now? And what are the, obviously AI is something that's on, on everybody's lips at the Mind. moment, but what are the kind of things that you're seeing that's working from a content marketing perspective? Yeah, definitely. So one thing that I've found about South Africa in Africa as well, but particularly South Africa, is that we aren't, we tend to be behind like the States and Canada and other Western countries. So we find that the things that people are going crazy about in those countries, especially when it comes to technology, South Africa is a little behind on. I remember when I started Alakin Creatives, I was so excited about the tech space. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to bring like technology to South Africans, make them excited about doing digital marketing and all of that. I'm leveraging like newer technologies like AI, like your blockchain. And what I found is that I received a lot of pushback from um, clients in South Africa because they're like, they don't understand what I'm talking about. And they're not sure if it's going to work for their business right now. So South Africa right now, in terms of content marketing and marketing as a whole, they are still focused on just like leveraging social media, um, are now trying to push more and more um, influencer marketing and video content. Um, so you'll find a lot of the bigger companies or legacy brands, they are still focused on traditional marketing. And the ones that have the budget for digital marketing they are they are on social media and pushing that space, but they are not as big when it comes to things like your AI technology, like your blockchain and NFTs and all of these things that I know for a fact people in the States are talking about. But when it comes to us, we do tend to 
lag behind just a little bit. We will talk about AI, like people will be talking about chat GPT here and there, but actually leveraging it on a daily basis and making sure they understand the tool inside and out. Not many people are doing mm. that. But there's nothing wrong with traditional marketing, is there? Because <laughs> it works. So what are you seeing? For how long though? Because in as much as it works right now, social yeah. media is much more effective. It's so much more cheaper to accomplish all of your marketing goals with. I don't even have a traditional television. I just use my smart TV. So I don't even get to see it at all. Mm. And I can imagine that there are plenty of South Africans like me that are slowly starting to move away from your traditional television. So how long is that going to work for them, first and foremost? And secondly, how expensive is that for them, whereas they could use those millions and leverage it across different social media platforms and get better results, first and foremost. And they also know exactly where their money is going. Because if you put an ad on television, you can't exactly say, okay, who is my customer? What do they like? But when it comes to social media, you're able to understand all of those different demographics and analytical tools. So, so for the real estate investor listening to this, who maybe has only been mostly doing traditional marketing, and there's a lot of real oh, estate God. investors. Yeah, and a lot of real estate investors use you know, direct mail as an example. What are the first things that you talk to your clients about when they're considering or you're putting forward the idea of digital marketing? What are the things that they need to be thinking about differently from what they've done traditionally? So first and foremost, they have to decide if they want to leverage their personal brand or a corporate brand. Because how you go about marketing with those two um, streams of branding is going to be very different. So whoever I speak to will have to decide, okay, I want to leverage my personal brand. I want to be the face of my company. And then we can go about, okay, how are we going to do that? So are you going to, which platforms are you going to use to get your message across? How often? Because I find that a lot of times the personal branding, in as much as people want to do it, they just don't feel like they've got the time to do it. So I'm all like, okay, if you don't have the time to do it, rather just be in the background, but push your company brand much more than your personal brand because it's going to be pointless posting one or two videos per week here and there and expecting to get great results. So if they can't do personal branding, then we can focus on corporate branding. And again, on that, we're going to have to decide, okay, who are we going to try and target? Because in as much as um, you think that real estate is a niche in its own, but there's so many different sub-niches to that as well. So they can focus on, hey, who do I want to target in this niche? Where are they based? What are their sort of interests? So that you can then try and create content that speaks directly to the top audience. I hope I answered your question. Yeah, no, absolutely. And why do you feel niche marketing is, is so important in, in today's day and age? So when it comes to niche marketing, the thing is, there's just so many different brands out there. And every other day, someone new is coming and trying to push their own thing. And it becomes very difficult then to differentiate one person from the next or one brand from the next. So when it comes to niche marketing, I, I always advise my clients to select a niche, first and foremost, to differentiate themselves from everyone else in the market, but also to create better content. Because if you are able to, speak directly to your target audience instead of having a broad and general message, you are more likely to get better results as in there are more people who are like, oh, I identify with that. I feel like this person is talking to me. Let me also try and reach out. 
it helps also with content marketing. It also helps with inbound marketing. So you finally get people coming to you instead of having to chase people and try and send um, emails, trying to find out if someone is interested in your products or not. Whereas if the content is out there and it speaks directly to a specific individual, they are more likely to be like, yep, that is me. Let me reach out to this company and see what else they can offer me. And, and are you finding that it's important to understand that target audience and what medium they prefer? Because you mentioned video a couple of times. I think there's, I've had this discussion with previous guests, even people that specialize in video marketing, and there's always a fear of video. I guess I, I guess we just can't even ignore video anymore because it's so prevalent on all the channels, isn't it? That's the thing. I mean, as much as it is prevalent, though, I do always suggest and ask, okay, does your customer actually watch videos? And for the specific customers you're trying to reach out to, like I make this example very often. When I watch cooking, like when I'm trying to get a cooking recipe, I don't want to watch a video on it. I just want to read the recipe. You and me, just you and me both. What I need <laughs> and get on with the recipe. Whereas my husband, when he's cooking, he wants to watch that 15 minute video detailing how to put all of the ingredients in the pan. So it's also about who are you trying to target and what, do, how do they prefer to receive that content? Because in as much as you're like, yep, everyone loves video, but there are certain content types that people would prefer to have written content or audio content rather than video. So in as much as video is an absolute great idea and it's a great tactic, and you will find that a lot of your customers do prefer video or do enjoy video rather, but there are still some people that actually do prefer written content or audio content, especially people that are on the move. They don't want to be sitting there watching a video. They, they just want to get them, either want to get the core message and move on, or they just want to listen to it while they're driving or something. So I wouldn't just push video content and say, yep, this is the best way to market any business. It, there's so many nuances to that and so many different audience groups. And it just goes down to understanding your audience first and foremost, and then seeing which type of content would be best for them. I, I like your example, the cooking thing, because that, that really <laughs> kind of sits with me. It makes absolute sense. What about identifying particular target audiences? How does somebody go about A, identifying the audience, but then B, how do you find out what they do like to consume and how they like to consume it? So put out as much content as possible and different types of content and on different types of platforms. I remember when I started marketing, I was on Instagram because that was the platform that I understood, but people on Instagram are not interested in marketing. So I had to move my content over to LinkedIn and suddenly my business started getting better results. So it's also about just testing out different platforms, different um content types that you'll find on LinkedIn sometimes and as much as people love video content, the content that gets the most views and impressions is actually image, um, like static images or sometimes even just plain text more than video. So you have to test the different content types and then finally you have to test your different copy. So what is it that you're talking about? What will you have to figure out what re resonates with people the most and find your audience in that way. So it's very, it's a very slow process, very meticulous. You have to put in that work every single day until you get to a point where you're like, okay, I'm starting to recognize these certain patterns and this is what people are actually enjoying from me. And then start pushing that content much. More. And, and what tips do you have that can make 
uh, content shareable or interesting? What are the things that you've found have worked? So uh, again, it goes down to the audience um, first and foremost, but also if it's something that is entertaining, so people love laughing, and if something is entertaining and super funny, they're going to share that. The second right. thing that I find um, is very shareable is content that is in, in, um, educational. So if you share like information that people have never heard or they would need to know, um, you find that more people would like to share that with um, others. And then finally, another shareable term, type of content is content that is so you've got um, entertaining, educational, but also inspirational. So if you're putting out content that, that will motivate people and make them want to become better versions of themselves, you'll find that more people would like to share that content with others. And I know I might be sounding very redundant right now, but it goes back to your audience and who you're trying to target because you'll also find that maybe the person who is viewing your content cannot necessarily relate to it, but they know someone that can. And then they'll share to that person like, oh, I found this video online. They're talking about something that you might be interested in or that you might find interesting. And that's how, why they share that content. So those three things, educational, inspirational, and amusing. Right. Yeah. And I, I saw one of your videos on LinkedIn, which was quite unusual to see on LinkedIn. You, you put a whole blooper, <laughs> bloopers from your doing videos, which I thought was, you know, what struck me and it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because that's a, a personal brand thing, but you're being authentic. You're kind of being, this is me, you know, I, okay. So I made mistakes, but I'm going to laugh mm. about it. And it's probably, you probably got good response to that because of a hundred percent and people were like oh because i put out a lot of serious videos in my because right. of my personal brand and people were like oh my god it's so interesting to see you actually laughing or like they're like oh we don't we don't know that you actually make these mistakes <laughs> like right. it, it seems like i'm so perfect all the time but like behind the scenes there's a lot going on and again it, i i feel like my audience does want to see that from me i always find that every time i post authentic content i get more positive reviews and even when I speak to people like offline, they're like, oh, I love your content. Of course, um, it's relatable and it's authentic and we can tell that is the real you. And that's something that is very important about personal branding. You have to be as authentic as possible or share one authentic piece of you. Like there's a lot of things that I don't share online and I would never share online, but you still have to be authentic to some extent and share the real you within a specific context. Right. And what about, okay, so we're putting all this content out to see what resonates. How do people measure that? What are the things that you're suggesting people look for? Because I, I'm, I'm guessing it's beyond just the likes, but there, there's probably more that, that you're wanting to measure. What are the things that you recommend people look for? So when it comes to, like, sometimes I find that in as much as some people don't like some content, especially when it comes to specific niches, like I know one of my clients, they are their business rescue practitioner and put out a lot of um, content, but some people won't like the content, but they will comment on it when they meet her in person. So you do want to look at impressions as well as your offline responses. So just don't just focus on likes and comments and shares. Sometimes people will not engage online in that way, just depending on your niche and the person that you Another thing that you want to look for then is the, like what sort of, how many times are your ideal clients coming to you? Because um, you'll find that if you are not putting out the right content, you will not find the right um, types of clients, customers that come to you. Because I focus a lot on inbound marketing. 
Um, I don't remember the last time I, get, the last time I tried to go after clients, I hardly ever get those clients. <laughs> so I focus a lot on inbound marketing and making sure that, okay, I find the right type of companies coming to me. And because I put out a lot of content around tech and I mentioned the fact that I'm a tech enthusiast, I mentioned the fact that I'm interested in e-commerce, I find those type of clients do sure. navigate towards me. And it's very seldom that you'll find a client that is not within that space. Okay, because what you're saying is what you're doing is you're kind of almost pre-qualifying them. They're letting, you're, or you're letting them choose based on uh, the content that's out there so that they've already got to know, like, and trust you a little bit before they've even engaged about hiring you. So A hundred percent. So those, that is one of the things that I look for when it comes to content. And then also just making sure that Whatever content I put out, it does bring some form of value to the target audience. And this goes for just about any brand. It doesn't matter what it is. So if even if you don't really care about the lights and impressions, all of that, make sure whatever content you put out there is valuable and whoever sees it, wherever they are, will find some form of value from that. Those are the yeah. things that I look out for. And I, I'm just going to go back uh, for the audience's sake. It was a good example you had was the, the business recovery person. So, so in real estate, one of the areas is people buying distressed properties. So distressed properties is somebody's behind on their mortgage. They need to sell for some reason, or they've got a, a rundown house because it's a hoarder house or something. So they're embarrassed by this. So they're very unlikely to engage on your social media or content because of that. Mm. So it's good that you, you mentioned also measuring the offline response. And, and interaction and engagement. Yeah, make, makes total um, sense. Because at the end of the day, like not everyone is about e-commerce. So you're not looking for that online transaction. And mm -hmm. service-based businesses, most of the engagement will happen offline. Right. And in terms of, in terms of kind of the, the response or from the content, do you recommend having things like strong calls to action, links to websites? Or do you suggest a kind of mix of you know, just putting content out there and saying there's the content and there's no kind of ask. And on a, another occasion, maybe you put something and you say, please do this or please reach out. I, or definitely, like. I definitely blend. I, I definitely right. blend it. Also, some content will just be like, hey, here's a valuable piece of information. Do with it what you want. Whereas other times I do intentionally say, okay, hey guys, if you do require further service, further services, reach out to me. One thing that I have found though on several platforms, but LinkedIn in particular, when you put a, a link to like a website or any external sort of, so even if it's like another social media platform, if you put the link in the description, LinkedIn's algorithm will show that post to less people because they try not to let people leave LinkedIn. They want people to stay on the platform. So what you have to do then is say, hey, if you want a link to my website or whichever other platform, the link is in the comment section. So it's just those small little things that you have to look out for. But I believe in calls to actions because at the end of the day, we are trying to get business from these right. platforms. And what are the things you recommend people avoid? Where are the mistakes potentially or the pitfalls that, in terms of content and niche marketing? It's a broad, very broad question. <laughs> Can you give me an example of like a real estate, for instance? Yeah. So, so one of the big things that real estate investors are looking for is uh, raising capital, because if they have a certain number of properties 
uh, the chances are, at least here in, in North America, they'll have reached a limit with the bank or the lenders, you know, the A lenders, because a bank will say, okay, well, you've already got five properties with us. We're not going to risk giving you more money to go buy five more or whatever. So they'll typically be then looking for private money. So that could be, it could be somebody, it could be somebody with their own savings that wants to get into real estate investing, but they don't want to do it themselves. They don't want to, all the hassle of handling the, the property. They're just happy to put money in and take a percentage out and let the real estate investor run the property as a rental income, for example. Mm -hmm. So as you can imagine, when you're asking people for significant amounts of money, this isn't a kind of quick hit. I'm going to put one social media post out there and I'm going to get all this money coming to me. So, you know, that would be a challenge. So, so in terms of a mistake that people make, one would be, oh, I'm just going to put one post out there and expect it to all happen. <laughs> I would imagine that you would say in, the, in that kind of situation, consistency is key. Slowly building trust would be the other. Same, <laughs> following my train, of, my train of thought exactly, because I do find when it comes to requesting money from people, you do have to build that trust first and just going in for the ask is not going to get you the result that you want. I remember a couple of uh, months ago, I approached this company because I was like, you are doing this. Like I saw the, what is it like this, emails, I'm like on, oh, mm -hmm. like via email, actually. Yeah. So they just sent like, it's just like a, those sponsored emails. And I'm like, why are you sending out sponsored emails to people that don't know who you are, what you do? Go back, build trust, fix up your website first and foremost. Make sure that people come, when they come to your website, they can see this is a reputable brand and not just someone that was on WordPress just playing around because the website was not looking very professional. Secondly, you're not creating any sort of human content. It's very, this is my brand, you mining companies, give us money. Whereas people want to know that, hey, if I'm giving my money, to someone, it has that we want to point out, okay, this is the person that I gave my money to. So trying to create that human content, I suggest that they do webinars. So have educational webinars, teach people the um, value of investing first and foremost, and then showing them what would be the benefits um, of investing in this particular business. And then um, go in for the ask and saying after the webinar, hey, if you found this valuable and you'd like to invest um, your money, this is how you can go about it, but also creating that step-by-step -step process and letting people see that, okay, this is how I'm going to invest. This is where my money is going to go because people are very, as much as we spend on just about anything, we spend more money on clothes and things that don't really match. So, but we at least we know where those things are. We can point out our wardrobe like, yep, that's where we're at. I got a new pair of shoes. So you have to create that sort of human connection, but also that educational connection to show people the value of your business and invest why, why it's so important to invest in your business in particular. Right. That's, that's a good suggestion. And what about taking people off social media platforms? So do you recommend tr trying to get them into some kind of email system at, at some point or or do you recommend that staying on social media because that's where you found them, that's where they interact? For most, like when it comes to like real estate agents or real estate investors, I would suggest that they get them into their emails rather than, because you can't send people a, a DM, for instance, on Instagram every other day telling them about your business. Whereas email is very, it's made for that. People already understand that, hey, if I open an email, there's 
chance that this company is going to ask me for something. So there's already that mental association with the business side of things when it comes to email. So I, I would definitely suggest they get them on email, send them regular, again, valuable newsletters, as well as reminders about the business so they can just stay informed. Okay. A couple of questions I like to ask guests before we kind of wrap up and let people know where they can find you. Who is a favorite personal brand of yours and why? So my favorite personal brand, or at least one of them, would have to be Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm not sure if you've heard of him, but I've actually met him. I've actually met him a couple of times, fortunately. Seriously, uh, I can't wait. (laughs) I'm looking forward to that day initially because he's one of those people that like they put their personal brand out there as authentically as they can. And I just like that is those. He's one of the people that like encouraged me as well to start building a personal brand, start putting myself out there and creating as much social media content as possible. He also shares a lot of valuable marketing tips that I can use for myself as well as my clients. So I loved it about him. Yeah, I'd have to say it's Gary Vee. So I have to share a story. So when his first was actually, I think it was his second book, Crush It was out. He was speaking at an event in Toronto that I was going to, and I had already had a copy of the book. And I was Mm. sitting in a Starbucks waiting for the event to start. And he walked in with one of his people. And so I kind of picked up the book and walked over and I said, you know, you know, I hate to bug you, but you know, would you mind signing the book? And he said, yeah, in a minute. And he took the book off me and put it to one side. I said, sit down. Tell, he said, sit down. Tell me, what are you up to? And, and you were just saying, you were saying earlier about human connection, whether you do that on social media. But I thought, you know, this guy is super, super busy. <laughs> you know, he's here, there and everywhere. And yet he took the time to sit down for three, four, five minutes and, yes. and just connect. And, and I, th- I thought it was really spoke to who he truly is, I think, underneath that. Yeah, that there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things that you kind of look at him and some people might go, oh, well, you know, that's, I wouldn't do it that way or I wouldn't do it that way. But un- underneath it, he's actually genuinely interested in people. A great I think. person. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> yeah, it's very cool. That. Yeah. Good. What about a favorite business book or podcast? My favorite, well, some of the podcasts, but my favorite podcast would have to be Entrepreneurs on Fire with Johnny Dumas and then my favorite book it would have to be Napoleon Hill's The Law of Success okay good one and what about a favorite tool or new tool or resource that you're enjoying using at the moment well at the moment it would have to be ChatGPT. <laughs> right. Um, right I'm definitely enjoying just trying to figure out like different ways you can communicate with the platform in order to get the most out of it um i've tried other um ai bots it's either they don't get you sort of like the answer that you're looking for firstly or it's just difficult to even sign up to get access to the platform so i feel like other companies are doing it completely wrong when it comes to that at the end of the day i believe tech is supposed to be convenient if it's not convenient what's the point so yeah i'm definitely doing the gpt right and do you have a favorite quote that either inspires you or motivates you? So I've got a quote within the marketing space. Okay, <laughs> It's cool. by Martin Neumeyer. And he said that the purpose of branding is to get more people to buy more stuff over more years for a higher price. I believe when I, like the first time I read that quote, I was like, 
yes, like this makes so much sense. And I could see it happening in existing businesses as, and I could see like the businesses that are not implementing that role and how they, they do, they're not getting as much success as those bigger brands that are doing it. So I would have to be that. Right. Yeah. And he, he's got some great, uh, books, uh, Marty Newmeyer, uh, brand gap, um, Zag, yes, that's right. Yeah, I was trying to remember the others. I've got all of them somewhere, but actually, I've got yeah, right on the bookcase here, the brand gap. So yeah, he's an amazing marketer. Yeah, very much. So Tamara, thank you for your insights and and thoughts today. Uh, how could people find out more about you? Where can we find out more about Tamara? So I am mostly active on LinkedIn. So just at Tamara Matabunga. You'll be able to find me there. I share a lot of motivational content as well as some a little bit of marketing advice here and there, but it's more motivational and bring young entrepreneurs to you know, push their own thing. Okay. So you'll find me. Okay. Well, we'll make sure that is in the show notes. And uh, Tamara, thank you for today. And uh, can I just offer your audience one small thing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. So I have a new ebook out. It's called Niche Up and Double Up. And I'd like to offer that to everyone that's listening today. So if you could put those that in the show notes as well, I'll, okay. I'll send you the link so you can add that. Wonderful. We'll make sure that is in the show. I like the name. That's a great, it's a great <laughs> book name. That's wonderful. Thank you. And we'll make sure that's there. And thank you. And have yourself a brandtastic day. Thank you. Thanks for having me here, Paul. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Bye. Well, was that brandtastic? Did it give you some ideas and actions that you can take right now to build your business? So get to it. Thank you for listening and have a brandtastic day.